0: Three weeks. It took Skip nearly three weeks before he could get out of bed every morning and not have to think about what he was supposed to do next. Put the coffee on, take a shower, shave, get dressed, feed the cat, try and force down a piece of toast or half a bagel. Once all that was done, the rest of his day was easier to manage. Go to work, try to pretend everything was fine in front of his students and get through each class without breaking down in front of the kids. The first few days were the hardest. The first few days he'd have to sit in the parking lot before he went into the school, letting himself cry for a minute, letting himself yell in the close confines of the little car. The car they'd bought together. The car that no longer had another name on the title. Staring out the window in the faculty lounge, not talking to anyone, he kept to himself. That's when people started to ask. He nearly laughed when his colleagues asked him, very gently, with concern written all over their faces, if there had been a death in the family. He told them, in a manner of speaking, he couldn't think of what else to say. He couldn't bring himself to tell anyone. Moving from day to day like that was easier than he would have thought. He kept himself busy with work and didn't put off planning lessons or writing papers like he used to. He avoided things that might set him off. He didn't work out at their old gym, and he stopped ordering pizza from their regular place. The first time he tried, the owner answered, and when she asked if Skip wanted their usual, he just hung up the phone. He switched to Chinese. Monty always hated Chinese food. In the second week, early one Sunday morning, There was a knock on the door so loud and powerful, he thought it might come down if he didn't answer it. He'd been sleeping, which was all he did now if he wasn't working or finding a quiet place to break down. He stood in front of his sister, Katie, his own sandy blonde hair likely standing at odd angles, his boxers slipping from hips that were narrower than they had been even a month ago. Not eating much for fourteen days had taken a toll. He'd tried but everything turned bitter in his mouth. Not even his favorite ice cream was much comfort, so he stopped trying more often than not. Katie already knew. She knew there was something wrong when no one would return her calls. When their mutual friends texted her, worried, and said they couldn't get through to Skip on the phone, he wasn't returning their emails or texts, and Monty wasn't either. Katie knew then. But when she called from a payphone at the mall, Hoping the unknown number would get a response, Monty finally answered and left no room for doubt. It was in the silence when she asked if Skip was there and heard the sound of another man's voice in the background. She hung up the phone and left for her brother's apartment across town. She didn't say anything at first, only looked at him for a beat and then went to the bathroom. One toothbrush. One razor. No herbal shampoo. No face cream. Brushing past him, she went to the bedroom. Half the clothes were missing. Only one laptop. Socks all over the floor. Cat, if you're looking for something, I might be able to help. His words were cut off because Katie was clinging to him suddenly, her arms around his shoulders in a fierce hug, her breath on his cheek as she kissed him, her tears wet against his face. I'm so sorry, she whispered. Skip finally tightened his arms around her small waist and pulled her close. Me too. He sighed heavily. And it was true. He was sorry. He was sorry it happened at all. Sorry he couldn't fix things. Sorry it was over. Sorry he hadn't told her. And now he was sorry he'd tried to get through it all alone because he'd forgotten how good his sister was at this. No one would ever guess that his little sister- with her blonde dreadlocks and nose ring, tattoos and dirty combat boots, would be merciful and sweet and good at taking care of anyone but herself.